0: Well, that was never not gonna happen. Ryan Carpenter comes up and takes an absolute beating, the bullpen is just as bad, and the Tigers lose a squeaker by a baker's dozen. You know, Tani missed the extra point. I'll break down that embarrassment, preview the weekend series with the Twins, and take a deeper look at Ronnie Rodriguez on today's Locked on Tigers podcast. It is Friday, May 10th, 2019, already. I am your host, Chris Brown, and just in case anyone new happens to be listening, I always begin by telling you to go ahead and download, rate, and review the show on your podcasting app of your choice, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or Himalaya. And you can always tell your smart devices to play podcast Locked on Tigers. So a quick bit of news before we start. Jordy Mercer is back on the injured list with a quad strain. So instead of the Tigers sending Kristen Stewart back to Lakeland for a few more rehab games as they planned, they added him to the active roster. He didn't start yesterday because of the wet weather, but he did get a pinch hitting appearance in the ninth. After the game, they demoted Zach Reiniger, and you'll see why, and with a corresponding move to come later today. And they announced lefty pitching prospect Gregory Soto will come up to pitch on Saturday, which is interesting. And I'll explain tell you more about him later. As for yesterday's game, uh, let's do it batters and then pitchers to really get the full effect of this blowout. Uh, Even though it was a home game, let's start with the Tigers hitters here. So, Tigers open up against Luke Bard, who they saw in game one of the series. I didn't predict he would be the opener in yesterday's show, so yeah, go ahead and deduct some points from my score. Uh, But yeah, bottom of the first gets a, a quick fly out and a ground out, and then Cabrera gets a bloop single to right field. And we get treated to Jack Morris yelling at clouds about pitchers not lasting as long as they used to in this whole opener nonsense. And Kirk Gibson rebutting with talk of the numbers, just saying this is the better way to go. And then you get Nico Goodman with a hard double to left field that puts Cabrera on third base. But Ronnie Rodriguez grounds out to end the threat, and that really was the biggest threat of the game. Bottom of the second, Felix Pena comes in. I did mention him in the show, and he ends up with a 1-2-3 inning. Bottom of the third, a 1-2-3 inning. Bottom of the fourth, a 1-2-3 inning. With the third out at least coming on a deep flyout for Roddy Rodriguez that was considered a barrel, so at least there was a bit of hard contact. Hey, bottom of the fifth starts off with a Harold Castro leadoff double down the left field line. We've got some action, but then Gordon Beckham hits a liner right to Albert Pujols at first base. Grayson Griner strikes out, and Jacoby Jones flies out. The nut runner never moved from second base. Bottom of the sixth, it's a 1-2-3 inning. All strikeouts. Bottom of the seventh, Pena is still in there. He gives up a two out single to Harold Castro, but nothing else. Bottom of the eighth, Griner leads off with a double just inside the left field line. And the Jacoby Jones hits a grounder to the hole near shortstop to Andrelton Simmons. So, so Griner thinks maybe it's going to get through. He starts running to third, but Simmons is really good. And he grabs it and he gets Griner retreating to second base to nail the lead runner. So, again, a runner in scoring position doesn't go anywhere. Candelaria flies out to the warning track in right field. that pretty close to a home run. And then a ground out, and that's it for that Pena kid. He was outstanding. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no walks, seven strikeouts, 85 pitches. Maybe there is something to this opener thing after all, huh, Jack Morris? Bottom of the ninth, Cam Bedrosian comes in. I thought he might be the opener. Instead, he finishes the game. And the Tigers go 1-2-3 for the fifth time in the game, and it takes just 12 pitches. So outstanding offensive performance, as I said. Zero runs on five hits, no walks, just ugly. But speaking of ugly, let's talk about that pitching. Ryan Carpenter gets the start, and he gives up a leadoff single to David Fletcher then a walk to Mike Trout, and then a hard single to right field from Shohei Otani, and it's one nothing. three batters into the game. Uh, Anderton Simmons grounds into a double play, but that does score a run to make it 2 nothing. He strikes out Albert Pujols to in end the inning, but yeah, 2 nothing after one inning. Top of the second starts with a single to Cole Calhoun, and then a Kevin Smith double to right center field, so men on second and third. Zach Cozart hits a deep sack fly to right field to make it 3 nothing Angels, and then we get a two-run bomb from Tommy LaStella on a nothing slider over the heart of the dish. That's 5 nothing L.A. Gets a 10-pitch bloop at bat two David Fletcher caught by sliding Harold Castro it was a nice play and they gets Trout to fly out but uh, it's not been a good first two innings for Carpenter top of the third Otani gets a hard single off the glove of Candelario who's playing where the shortstop normally does they were shifting and then Andrew DeSimmons hits another ground in the double play so he's been the source of four of the early outs but then Albert Pujols hits a monster homer, number 639 of his career. It was career RBI 2000 that led to a big hullabaloo after the game. He's just the third player ever to to get 2,000 RBIs, joining Hank Aaron and A-Rod. A pretty cool moment, and congratulations to him for that. But as, yeah, as I said, the kid who ta- caught the home run ball, Tony Paul reported that the Tigers and, and the Cardinals came up to him like, hey, we would like that ball. And they offered him an Albert Pujols signed ball and a signed Pujols ball and a meet and greet and a signed Pujols ball and a meet and greet and a Pujols jersey and finally a signed Pujols ball and a meet and greet and a Pujols jersey and Miguel Cabrera stuff and the kid said no uh, and they apparently told him that they wouldn't authenticate the ball for him so he said no. So basically what that means that you don't authenticate it. As soon as you take it out of the stadium there's no proof that it was his actual 2000th RBI so it's worthless but the kid said he was going to give it to his brother so it was just a very interesting thing a lot of people yelling about it online I thought it was kind of cool Anyway, top of the 4th a 1-2-3 inning for Carpenter. What a shocker, a surprise. Still 6 nothing. Nico Gooder made a nice lunging catch to start the uh, inning, but that was it. And top of the fifth, he gets Trout to ground out to Candelario. It would have been an out, but Candelario dropped it when he was going to throw. So Trout's on first. Somehow ruled a hit. I don't know. But then he gets the, the rest of the uh, batters uh, in the inning, and that's it. He... he it was awfully ugly for Carpenter. He did settle down in the final couple of innings. But, yeah, five innings pitched, eight hits, six runs, six earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts, two homers, 80 pitches, 52 of them were strikes. He was mostly fastball slider, 40 fastballs at average run 91. He touched 93. 28 sliders, seven curves, 5 changeups. just seven swings and misses, six of them were on the slider, and a lot of hard contact. Nine of the 19 balls were hit harder than 95, and eight of them were hit harder than 100. They were just rockets everywhere. Uh, And he gave up two homers, but uh, not one to Trout like I predicted. So, again, deduct some points from me. Top of the sixth, they bring in Zach Reiniger. Somehow he's worse than Carpenter. He starts with a strikeout of Pujols, but then gives up a Cole Calhoun home run the other way. He walks Kevin Smith and then gets a very hard double play from Zach Cozart to end the inning. Kind of fortunate there but the top of the seventh Reiniger's back out there and he gives up another home run to tommy Lestella. his ninth of the season tommy lastella had 10 career home runs coming into this year in about 400 major league baseball games and now he has nine this season then fletcher with a soft liner to right field nick castaniel's tried for a sliding catch and why the hell not it's already eight nothing but it gets past him and it ends up a triple and trout hits a 390 foot sack fly to make it nine nothing otani grounds out Anderton Simmons crushes a double down the left field line to Nico Goodrum, and so Reinegger comes out. They bring in Eduardo Jimenez, and he gets a ground out to the end of the inning. Jimenez is back in there for the eighth, still in. Lead-off walk to Cole Calhoun on four pitches. None of them were close. Gives up a single up the middle, put Calhoun on third. Cozart with a hard double down the left field line makes it 10 nothing. Lastella with an RBI ground out makes it 11 nothing. Then a flyout keeps Cozart on third, but Brian Goodwin with an RBI single to the outfield makes it 12 nothing. He then walks Otani, but gets the ground out to get out of it. Jimenez, not missing any bats. 31 pitches, got to one swing and miss. He touched 95. They haven't seen the high 90s that I, you know, the scouting reports had. Doesn't look like he's going to be terribly helpful if he can't miss bats. Speaking of which... Reed Garrett comes in for the ninth in a 12-0 game, and he immediately gives up a bomb to pinch hitter Justin Bohr, 109.3 miles an hour off the bat, 425 feet, 13-0, but then he gets the next three batters. He got zero swings and misses, so uh, 13-0. How about that for a debacle? Tigers get up 16 hits, five homers, issue four walks, and record just three strikeouts. Five homers to three strikeouts. That's not how it's supposed to work. And uh, I mentioned Soto coming up on Saturday and Reiniger heading down with the move coming later because the Tigers obviously need some pitching help. And as we keep talking about, good help is very hard to find, whether it's in the bullpen or at a car wash or in the shady and high stakes world of competitive endurance tickling. Attracting and keeping good employees who won't snitch on you is difficult. And that's why ZipRecruiter is so great. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They use powerful matching technology to scan thousands of resumes and find the people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you'll never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, Locked On listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash lockedon. That's ziprecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash lockedon. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So anyway, yeah, we know Soto is coming up. Do you call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? What? No, not really. I'm just doing live ad reads for a podcast. I want people to use the service, but I'm not... AIDA, get out there. You got the prospects coming in you. Wait, AIDA? Is that a stat? That's not one, is a new sabermetric stat? And which prospects are you talking about? Are you talking about Soto? And who the hell are you anyway? I made $970,000 last year. How much you make? You see, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. I mean, yeah, I didn't make nearly that much, but that's like half of what Josh Harrison is making, and it's not that impressive. And if you're just going to babble like this, I'm going to go get a drink. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So Shane Green can have some coffee, but I can't? You know what it takes? It takes brass balls. Well, now this sounds more like a blue chew ad. I'm out of here. So this weekend's series is four games in Minnesota. The Twins now have a top-five offense. They are fourth in homers. They are second in batting average. And they don't walk much, but they have the 4th lowest strikeout rate in baseball, so there should be a lot of action when they're batting. They also rank 6th in starting pitching war and ninth in reliever war, so this is a good team, and it could be an ugly series. Tonight's game is Tyson Ross versus Jake Odorizzi. Twins hitters are 14-for-43 against Ross, but only one extra base hit, and that's from Jonathan Scope. I would expect that to change. You might remember Ross' start against the Twins earlier this year. He gave up four runs in six innings, but it was basically just one bad inning that bit him. My key for the game is for him to not do that again, so there, there's that. As for Jake Odorizzi, he's had a lot of success against the Tigers. Castellanos, Candelario, and Cabrera, the Kaka boys. are a combined 6-for-32 with 3 doubles and no homers. Nico's 2-for-5 with a double. Stewart is 2-for-5 with a triple. No one has any homers against him. He owns a 278 ERA right now and is giving up homers at a career low rate, so who knows what's going to happen. Saturday's doubleheader is still kind of up in the air, but the Tigers will be starting Spencer Turnbull and Gregory Soto. Sounds like one twin starter will be Michael Pineda, but not sure about the other yet. Turnbull saw the Twins last year, but You know, there's not a whole lot of history there. And the Tigers saw Pineda earlier this year, and he was pretty bad. He was constantly throwing the ball over the heart of the plate, but the offense couldn't do much with it. He gave up three runs in six innings. He's not great, and he's given up homers at a decent clip. Cabrera's six for 13 with two doubles off him. Hicks is two for three, so I expect him to catch in that one. And Stewart has a homer. I like the Tigers' chances if it's Turnbull against him. Now, if it's Gregory Soto, that's a different story. I'm, I'm much less confident. Not to say that Soto isn't an interesting arm. Many of you are probably unfamiliar with Greg Soto. He's a 24 year old lefty with a very sturdy frame and a great arm. He throws a big fastball that will sit in the low to mid 90s and touch the upper 90s, maybe up to 98. He has a sweepy slider that is usually kind of fringe average but will occasionally flash like an above-average pitch if he can locate it to the back foot of right, or right-handed hitters. And he has a changeup that's pretty straight, kind of below average. The main problem with Greg Soto is that strikes are mostly optional. He struggles to repeat his mechanics. He's got a delivery that includes... You know, he brings his hands over his head, and he's got a long arm swing in the back, and he's walked about 12 to 13% of batters over his career, which is a good 2% higher than most teams will tolerate from starters. Uh, he did manage to not walk anybody in a start about 10 days ago, which is a rare thing for him, but most people consider him a future reliever because of lack of control, uh, but he does tend to miss. When he when he misses, it's kind of low, usually, so home runs haven't been a huge problem in his career, but he also hasn't pitched with the Major League Baseball yet, so we'll see. If I had to guess, the Tigers will probably get like three and two-thirds innings from him with like four earned runs on three hits and four walks with a couple strikeouts. Uh, I'm not expecting a ton. And in Sunday's finale is Daniel Norris against Martin Perez in a battle of formerly highly touted lefty starters who didn't work out. Uh, We've seen Norris a bit, and he's managing to kind of use smoke and mirrors for the Tigers to keep them in games. Slider usage seems to be going up with each outing, but he's not missing a ton of bats. And his career numbers against this crew are pretty ugly. Nelson Cruz is 5 or 10 with a triple and a homer. Jorge Polanco is 4-4-11 four four with a double. Eddie Rosario is 3-7 for seven with two homers. And it just kind of keeps on going like that. They've got like a, an 1,100 OPS against them. He did pitch him against them in relief earlier this year and gave up just uh, one run, but it was six hits in three innings. Martin Perez is a different animal. He spent seven years with the Rangers as maybe the most pedestrian starter in baseball. I'm talking like Mike Pelfrey levels of strikeouts and walks, like five walk, strikeouts per nine and four walks per nine. And then he gets to Minnesota, and his velocity suddenly jumps two miles an hour. He's throwing 94, 95 now. And he's thrown a ton of cutters where he didn't throw any before, and he's successful. His strikeout rate has jumped 8%. He's sitting at 5-0 and with a two eight three ERA right now. Tigers haven't seen him much in the past, but it doesn't really matter because he seems like a completely different guy now. So if I had to guess, I would say the Tigers pick up one game in this series. Uh, we'll see. And uh, so we'll finish up here. As I mentioned yesterday, I'd like to take a deeper look at Ronnie Rodriguez, who's really hitting the cover off the ball right now. First, where did he come from? He was originally signed by the Cleveland Indians in 2010 out of the Dominican Republic, though he did spend several years living in the U.S. when he was younger. So he wasn't, you know, he knew English and stuff. He was once a pretty highly touted prospect inside the Cleveland system. And you can see why if you watch him. He's a good athlete with well above average bat speed. And he's got some pop and he's a good runner. Uh, His issue was always kind of hyper aggressiveness at the plate and sort of clumsy error-prone style of defense, and we still see both of that. The athleticism is there, and you can occasionally see, like, a really great play on defense, but more often you see a really bad play. Just like uh, yesterday, he booted one. He did his run in the Cleveland system, and it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to break in there with two MVB candidates ahead of him in Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, and the Tigers scooped him up as a minor league free agent last year. He played pretty well in Toledo. He had three thirty eight with nine homers and ten steals in just 63 games. But he was pretty bad across the board in 62 games with the Tigers, so you know i thought maybe he might get designated for assignment but uh, he came back this year with a new batting stance and he actually tried to change it last year he, it was he, he came up with this ridiculous batting stance that was kind of reminiscent of Julio Franco or Mike Avila's where he had his hands way above his head in the bat and he just was flailing away at everything couldn't couldn't get to pitches away and was getting beat by velocity but now he's much more closed he's almost got his you know his his left shoulder is pinched in and he's right on top of the plate and he's still swinging at everything but he's he's hitting the cover off everything right now so it's fun his hard hit rate right now is second best in the Tigers behind Miguel Cabrera. So, yeah, it's it's been enjoyable. The important question, is it real and will it last? And I'm going to go ahead and say 90% no to both of those. His his batting average on balls and plays is a little bit elevated, but I wouldn't say that like he's been super lucky. But it's just his approach with how often he swings, and, and it's just hard for me to believe that major league baseball pitchers won't begin to take advantage of his aggressiveness and then find the holes in his swing that's what major league pitchers do and then it's on him to make the adjustments and and really if i had to say one thing one difference between triple a hitters and major league baseball hitters it's the ability to quickly adjust to the adjustments that have been made against you and when you're 27 it seems unlikely that he's going to magically figure that out but we'll see and for now i say go ahead and enjoy it it's fun watching players hit the ball hard and so yeah that's uh, our show for today thank you everybody for listening I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see how these Tigers do against the Twins. Uh, if nothing else, it should be fun to see one of their sort of middling pitching prospects take the mound in Gregory Soto, and you know, hopefully he goes out there and, and twirls a gym and it'll be a cool, memorable moment for him. Anyway, please feel free to send me questions or comments over the weekend at ChrisBrown0914 on Twitter or at on Tigers on Twitter, or you can send me an email at LockedOnTigers at gmail.com, and I'll try to answer them on Monday's or Tuesday's show. So thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.